Hallelujah, our Lord has risen. Good morning, Christian America. That's right. Welcome to Monday after Easter Sunday, where we just celebrated. Hopefully, you had a chance, wherever you are, to take some time and celebrate our Lord defeating death, overcoming death itself, death on a cross, buried. He is risen today. He is risen in our lives. He is risen to propel us in our lives, to give us everlasting and eternal life. We must give thanks. We must give alms. We must take time to reflect on the importance, on the gravity of what Jesus has provided us. Let's do that today. As we cover a little bit of scripture, we're going to continue our journey through the gospel of Mark. We're going to start on uh, chapter 6, verse 30. With the returning of the 12 apostles, you're not going to want to miss this. So get out your Bibles. Let's get ready to get into the word this Monday. Good morning, Christian America. Okay, good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. That's right. We seek to revitalize the Christian faith across this nation. Look, I mean, we've got a lot of, we've done a lot of reflection over the last few days, Holy Week, Good Friday, Holy Thursday, into Easter Sunday. Hopefully you have had a chance to get into scripture. Hopefully you have had a chance to reflect on the blessings in your life, regardless of the trials and the tribulations that you might be going through. Recognize that God is shaping you into the person that you are meant to be, that he wants you to be. And as we reflect on these past few days, as we reflect on the journey, the beating, the scourging, the agony, the crowning of the thorns, the falling with the cross, the crucifixion that Jesus had to endure in front of his own mother, in front of his, his most beloved apostle. Imagine what he had to go through, and he did that for us. He did that for you. He did that to set an example all the way to the point of death, at least an earthly death. He does that for us. He set the example for us to follow. It's important that we remember that. Remember that what Jesus did and how he lived his life is how we should live our lives. And there's a lot of misconceptions across the entire you know, Christian community as to what that means. I would encourage you, I would encourage any watcher, any follower of this podcast, of this community, to examine Jesus's life, his ministry, and all the Gospels as a whole. Not just a single portion. Far too many times, certain denominations, certain groups, certain preachers, certain pastors, certain ministers, they focus on a narrow aspect of a part of Jesus's ministry, and then they make it into everything about their own ministry. And that's short-sighted. And it leads people into directions that aren't always the best and quite frequently aren't good at all. Yes, Jesus is love. Yes, Jesus 
forgives. Yes, Jesus has mercy. Yes, Jesus heals. Yes, Jesus says that their faith saved them numerous times. But it's Jesus out there doing work. It's Jesus out there walking from town to town. It's Jesus out there actually healing people, actually speaking to people, actually standing up for what's right. It's Jesus out there who's also talking about the condemnation, the judgment that they will face from God at an appropriate time. That people will be judged on their actions and how they either lived or failed to live up to the commandments. Jesus also holds a line. He also preaches discipline. He also preaches adherence to the law. And he also preaches consequence to not adhering to the law. All of these things. When we look back this, this past Sunday and celebrate Jesus's ministry, his death and resurrection, we have to look at all of that. Not simply the mercy, not simply the forgiveness, but also the discipline, also the hard work, also the nails in the hand in the crucifixion that he had to endure. So when we call ourselves believers, when we call ourselves followers of Christ, we must remember all of these things. Our God is not only the God of the mountaintop. He is also the God of the valley. He's the God of rejoicing, but he is the God who visits us in our pain, in our suffering, in our sorrow. He's the one who holds us up and pulls us out of the depths of despair. All of these things are true. And, any, and anyone trying to box our Lord into something simple, some simple catchphrase, something that makes you feel good about yourself is doing a disservice to you. And he's doing a disservice to his followers, to himself, because God is so much more than that. And so we wanted to tell you that, we wanted to remind you that this Monday, because that's what this past few days should have been about. They should have been reflection on the ministry of Jesus. No matter how important you are, no matter, important how, no matter how important he was, he helped the lowly. He helped the struggling. He helped those in need. And when the rich young man comes to him, he helps him too. He gives him spiritual direction. He doesn't just turn away because he's got money. He lets him know this is what you need to have eternal life. Follow the commandments. And if you are following the commandments and you want to be perfect, give away your possessions and come follow me. And it's his choice to turn away. Jesus didn't turn him away. He turns away. He turns away from Jesus. Let's not box Jesus up into what we feel comfortable with. Because he didn't come to make us all feel comfortable. He came to make the rich, the privileged, uncomfortable. And he came to comfort the lowly and the poor. And he did all these things. He preached discipline and he preached love. He showed mercy and yet he showed respect and adherence to the law. He held no punches 
verbally, even to the point of making a scene in his father's home. Let us not forget these things as we celebrate his death and resurrection yesterday. And so today, ladies and gentlemen, we, as always, this Monday podcast, we try to bring you scripture because it's important. It's important that you hear scripture verbatim. It's important that you read scripture. The reason these divisions show up in the church is because people don't know what scripture says. And when you don't know what scripture says, you don't know what Jesus says. You don't know what Jesus does. You don't know what Jesus did. You don't know what he does for us today. You don't know if you don't read how Jesus impacts our lives today, how we've come to be who we are and why it's worked for the last 2,020 years. And the people who don't know how it's worked over the last 2,020 years are the same people that are most vehemently opposed to the way that it's worked. And they're trying to break it down brick by brick. The enemy is on the attack against our faith, against our God, against our belief, against us. Make no mistake about that. Don't let the niceties in their conversations, don't let their big words confuse you. The enemy is actively out to sabotage your faith. Every turn, every aspect, every point, every fork in the road, He's there as an obstacle, as a stumbling block, as that scandalian that Jesus talks about, trying to encourage you, trying to encourage your kids, trying to encourage your family to go in the opposite direction, to follow the leader, to follow the masses towards destruction. When Jesus taught us that there is a narrow gate in, on the road to life, with him make no mistake about it when we see the atrocities on television when we know the atrocities of millions of children being murdered in the womb when we see the violence and destruction and the hatred and the division amongst immutable characteristics like skin color or gender or whatever have you in this world know that these things are not from god they are designed to pit us against each other based on things that you cannot choose. I'm here to tell you one thing that you can choose is you can choose to follow Christ. You can choose the path least taken. You can choose the path to everlasting life. No matter where you've been, no matter the road that you have been on, there is always time to move, to submit, to follow the path towards everlasting life. 
There's always time. So you are not gone too far. And if you think that you're on this road, if you are living this life dedicated to Christ, trying to be dedicated to Christ, seeking Christ in your vision and in your works, in your walk, and you're doing it by yourself, I would ask you to go back and read some of this gospel. Because we need a community. We need the church, the church being people. We are the church. You cannot do it alone. If you are trying to do it alone, you're doing it wrong. Because one of Jesus's last commandments was not to go live out my commands in solitude. His command was to go out and make believers of all nations. And so if you think that you're on this road to life, then I welcome you. I encourage you. Hopefully I can motivate you to go out and bring others onto the road as well. But today I also want to get into scripture. So uh, if you follow this podcast, you follow the Monday podcast, you know that we're continuing down the gospel of Mark. We're up uh, up to chapter six. We're going to start on verse 30 today. If you followed us in the past weeks, Jesus has been performing miracles. Mark is the smallest of the gospels. He keeps things concise. He's very direct and to the point. So in other gospels, there may be some elaboration on some of these uh, parables, some elaboration on some of the works and the deeds that Jesus goes through. Mark, in his brevity, gets through to the heart, to the main issues, to the main points, as best he knows how, uh, to describe what's going on in Jesus' ministry. So uh, if you followed us previously, you know that he, he previously sent out the 12 apostles on their first mission. He sent them out. And he said, go to the towns. Don't bring any food. Don't bring any bags. Don't wear two cloaks, right? Two tunics. Go poor. Go as you are. Go into the town and preach the good news. When you are welcomed, stay there. Live off of what they provide, what they donate. And if they rebuke you, if they turn away from you, they don't listen to the word. Don't argue with them. Don't fight with them. Don't rebuke them. Just go outside and brush the, the, the dust off your feet and keep going. And while Jesus has also been driving out demons and Jesus has also been healing the sick and helping the lame walk. And then today, in this brief passage, we're going to see that the, that the apostles make their return. And so I want to bring this on the screen for you. Uh, Mark chapter 6 verse 30 starts off. With the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported all that they had done and taught. So that's what they were doing. They were doing works, they were driving out demons, and they were teaching in the name of Jesus. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a, des to a deserted place and rest a while. Because they were coming and going in great numbers. And they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at a place at the place before them. 
right? So again, Mark's gospel is brief and he doesn't elaborate on a lot of things. But what we do know is this is the first mission that the apostles take on by themselves without Jesus. And so they come back and they're explaining, these are the things that we've done. These are the things that we've taught. Jesus assumingly recognizes their weariness and he says, look, we have to, you should go away by yourself. We should go away by ourselves to a, des a deserted place. You see this in Jesus numerous times in gospel where he makes the lame walk, he heals many, and then all of a sudden he goes off to a deserted place. You need that rejuvenation. You need that solace. You need that, that quiet time to reflect on the goodness of God, to pray quite literally to be with Jesus. And that's what these apostles, these apostles need. Jesus knows that, knows that. So he brings them. He said, come with me. Literally stay with Jesus in a deserted place. And the works they were done were so great that many people heard about it and many people were coming to them. They were coming to them. Eventually, what we'll continue to talk about through the rest of this chapter is that they meet Jesus. So you have the apostles walking this road to life, this, this road that, that Jesus has put them on. And they could walk by themselves. They could make it by themselves. They are saved. They know Jesus. They don't have to do anything, but Jesus doesn't allow them to do that. He says, you go out now and you go do good deeds. You go drive out demons. You go heal people. You go teach people. This is their first time. That's not easy. It's not easy for fishermen to go speak on the word of God. It's not easy for farmers to go out there and heal the sick and drive out demons. These aren't educated men. These aren't well-to-dos. They're not used to meeting strangers and being the center of attention. But Jesus directs them to do that. You go do these things and you come back. You report back. And remember, don't argue, don't fight. Just shake the dust off your, your, your sandals and keep moving until they do welcome you. Later on, when Jesus sends out the 72, they come back and they report great things because they've had some time. That's in Luke chapter 10. We won't read that today. But I encourage you to go read the return of the 72 in Luke chapter 10. And so what is this passage telling us today? That just because we may, and that's a big may, be walking this righteous life, this righteous road, we may be, may be seeking Christ first or at least hoping to seek Christ first and pull away from the temptations of the flesh, pull away from our own self-interest, that's not enough. That is not Jesus's plan. Jesus tells the, the, his apostles to go into the world and do these things. Go into the world and teach, drive out demons, work for the good, and what happens when they do that? Yes, it's hard. It's so hard that Jesus recognizes it and says, we need to go to a deserted place to recoup. 
But also what happens? What does this passage say? People were coming and going in great numbers. Coming to who? Coming to find Jesus. If Jesus and his, and his followers can do these great things, I need to find Jesus. When I'm walking this road to life, other people recognize it. They too first want to inquire as to how I'm doing, what I'm doing. But eventually the goal is for them to find Jesus, not to find me, not to find you, but to find Jesus. So when, when these apostles make themselves known in the places that they go, the people come looking for the apostles, but who do they find? They find Jesus. And they find Jesus in great numbers. What we're going to talk about next week is the very next verse in this chapter, which is the feeding, which is the feeding of the 5,000. Because that's how many people come looking for the good news, come yearning for some goodness. And my friends, in this nation today, in, the, in our society today, we are yearning for something good. We are yearning for righteousness. We are yearning for the one who is above all, the name above all names. We are yearning for the good. And because we can find none, because the immature don't have an example to look after, and because the ignorant don't know about Jesus, they can't find them in our actions. They can't find them in our words. They can't find them in our deeds, in our society. They are forced to look elsewhere to television, to radio, to social media, towards the Grammys, towards our celebrities, towards our Hollywood movies, seeking goodness and finding wicked seeking righteousness and finding wickedness. We have a major part to play in this society. And we cannot continue to keep our faith to ourselves. We are not this organization, this community, this podcast. We are not some large corporation, some large multinational corporation where we receive a bunch of donations and we have a large staff and all these things. That is not who we are. It's not what we are. We don't even accept donations because we're not interested in donations. We do this because we need participation from the Christian American community. That is the goal. The goal is not to make a bunch of money because we make nothing. The goal is to inspire the Christian faith to do more than coop themselves up with scripture and keep it within the walls of their home, keeping it within the walls of their church. We're here to encourage you, to motivate you, to inspire you, to educate you so that you get out into the world and speak the truth. Speak the truth, the power that we talked about last week. Follow John the Baptist's example. Speaking the truth in public. 
sending you out as apostles of Christ so that you too may gather people, become fishers of men, and bring them not to yourself, not to us, but to Christ. We hope you had a blessed Easter weekend. We hope and pray that you had a chance to reflect on your life and the life that God has given you, the blessings that you've been bestowed these days. No matter where you are, no matter how high or how low you may feel, you are unique and an important member of God's army, God's family. And you need to remember that. And you need to act in accordance with that. We need to put our faith and our trust in our Lord and Savior. And we need to get out there and make believers of all nations as he commanded us to. And so if you like what we do here, share this podcast, share this video, share this with your friends on your social media platform. We are on all, on all the social media platforms. Share this video, either click the link on top, the URL, if you're watching this on Rumble or uh, YouTube and post it in your social media feed. If you're watching this on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Parler, share it, echo it, retweet it, whatever, so that other people can hopefully hear this message with an open mind and an open heart, but also for yourself to let you express your faith in Christ. Show your friends and your family that you too are a Christian American, that you too put God first in your life, that you too seek the kingdom first. Stand strong in the full armor of God. Stand strong with scripture. Stand strong in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning. Christian America.